Uh, I definitely am going to need to figure out a better bathroom situation, Jared, because um, running to the uh, the campground bathrooms at 4 a.m. when you're freezing and just got up because you need to go to the bathroom is not ideal. So I've been thinking about getting like they make these little pop-up like shower things that you can also use like as a bathroom. Um, and then, you know, you so just you're put telling me some type of container in there. In the middle but, yeah. of the night, you were running to the the bathrooms when you had to pee? I mean, I had to get my clothes on and, and go. Yeah, it was. So you a don't just pee outside. Pain. I mean, you're not really supposed to just pee outside at campsites. I mean, imagine yeah. if everybody did that, how nasty campsites would probably be, right? Yeah. So. What Chad's not mentioning is that I peed outside. I thought that's what you're supposed to do at campsites. Listen, that's part of the reason I even went over there. I was like, well, at least I'll get just to pee, to pee outside. outside. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That's, that's fair. such an interesting camping experience where you constantly have to get up and run to a real bathroom. What's wrong with a lot of people peeing out? Do you think it would start smelling like pee if everyone peed outside all the time? I mean, probably. I mean, hmm. I mean, look, some of those campsites, you got a full family with, you know, four or five kids. <laughs> you know, it's, who knows? I don't know. I mean, Jared, I'm not but... saying get rid of the bathrooms. I just didn't realize that there was like some sort of explicit rule against peeing outside. And I don't think you know that either. I feel like you're just saying that. I mean, I don't know that, but I think it's just camp courtesy to... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> to just not I don't, I pee just, outside. I don't think time. that's true. I, I I'm gonna disagree with I'm gonna disagree with that. I don't think that is I don't think there needs to be that courtesy uh uh extended. So we're okay. gonna have to agree to disagree on that one. That's fine by me, Jared. <laughs> fine by me. Gang 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 go go gang 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 uh, we're but we're go, we're taking a highway home from the danger zone. Out of the danger oh, zone, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> highway avoiding the danger zone, maybe. Yeah, we're taking we're in the express <laughs> lane, right? We're fully avoiding the danger zone. I don't know, dude. I'd rather go those uh, country back roads if you want to be be really safe. That's true. No traffic, all that good stuff. Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here today to talk about traveling safely because we have, or at least I have the slight inclination that uh, a lot more people are going to be traveling this summer uh, and many people haven't been traveling in a while. So it might be time to brush up on some travel safety tips. As all of you know, if you've listened to this podcast before, uh, I definitely am one that tends to err more on the uh, anxious, cautious, slash worrisome side. Uh, so I'm hoping this will be my episode to shine uh, and give all of you some good safety travel tips because it's definitely something on my mind. But this uh, podcast would not be possible without my co-host and my good buddy to balance out all of my paranoia and anxiety. So without further ado, my good buddy, Jared, what's going on, Jared? <laughs> Hello. When, when Chad uh, eventually, God forbid, dies one day, this episode is going to be in his obituary as one of his greatest works. <laughs> because I was, I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, this episode is made for you, dude. You are. <laughs> I, was, I was like, if, if any episode, this is the episode where Chad could probably, you could probably talk about travel safety for hours, no notes, no lists. <laughs> and I hate to say this, Jared, because I love doing this podcast with you. This is one of the few episodes where I feel like I could probably do this one solo. You it wouldn't be any could. good, no, you but probably I probably could. could. <laughs> it would be a lot more informative if I wasn't here, that's for sure. 
uh, you'd be like, oh my God, there was this one time. And, oh my God, I got so nervous that I was about to. <laughs> but you do make a good point that uh, we are, we are, we, you know, we are re-entering travel times and i can certainly see people getting careless and those like those people that you know their part-time job is just like uh taking advantage of tourists you know you could feel their their them rubbing their hands together like oh let's get this going <laughs> the oh, idiots yeah. are back out they're excited and ready to spend money and they're not even then they're and they're careless just how we like yep. them <laughs> yep careless and probably not so cautious either because Let's be real, Jared. I mean, the majority of people out there who, you know, if they've been following guidelines and stuff properly, they've been stuck at home mm-hmm. unless they're an essential worker for a year, more more than a year at this point. So, you know, once travel opens up more and once people get out there, um, I mean, it's like what we talked about quite a few episodes back that uh, I have a feeling this decade is going to be another roaring 20s. Oh, yeah. And people are going to be going buck wild, Jared. For I'm ready to go buck term. wild. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually not. That's the funny thing. I like it. I like the idea of going buck wild in theory. Of course, who doesn't? But um, I'm still a little concerned about just like the the rapid rate of of reopening that's coming upon us in the next month. And um, I, I feel like I'm more in a, in a wait and see camp. You know, it's like, I, like let me just wait and see before they shut this down again. You know. Let me just wait and see what happens, you know. So, uh, I but still, I want to go buck wild is what I'm saying. But I want to do it cautiously and safely because I want to come back happy for my buck wild uh, adventures and trips. I don't know if you have any shout outs or anything. Uh, actually, uh, yes, I do have a special shout oh, out today, okay. Jared. I'm glad you mentioned it. Uh, this uh, past Saturday, uh, there was a very important record that has been broken. Have you heard about this? A record that's been broken? In the sports world. No, I have not heard about this. If I give you too many clues, it'll give it right away. So on Saturday of last week, Bayern Munich played uh, at Freiburg uh, for one of the last Bundesliga games of the season. And there has been a long-standing goal scored in one season record that was set by uh, who they call the bomber, uh, Gerd Müller, who uh, I think that record he set with 40 goals in one Bundesliga season in um, 71 or 72. So it's been a long time since his goal has been broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's funny is they interviewed um, Gert, the one who broke the record or who created the, set the record. And, and he said, honestly, I thought somebody would have broken it by now. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, because I think in the, in the Bundesliga, they usually have, I think, 33 or 34, maybe 35 games mm-hmm. per season, match days per season. So, I mean... You know, you'd have to score at least four or five goals in probably one or two of those games, and then almost a goal basically every other game, or a couple goals, you know, for a couple games to even to even make this um, possible. And so Lewandowski broke the or tied the record with forty goals on Saturday uh, when they played Freiburg. So I just want to give a big shout out to Robert Lewandowski wow. because this is a, a record, Jared, that has been unbroken for such a long time and the craziest thing that what complicated this story a little bit more jared is that 
Lewandowski has been on track to beat the record all season, basically, but then he actually got an injury while playing for Poland. And so he was out for quite a few games. And so then the question was, when will he come back? Will he come back with enough time to still tie or beat the record? And now I believe, if I remember correctly, there's at least one, maybe even two more games this Bundesliga season. So he very well could set the new record at maybe 41, 42, 43 goals. So he's beat um, the record, but he can continue to set it. He's tied the oh, record. He's tied the record. He's tied gotcha, the record. Gotcha. 40 is the record. He's got 40. You know, that is surprising um, that it's taken this that long. Because, you know, as far as the the way I seem to always picture athletes for the most part is that they're mostly, for the most part, getting better and better, you know, especially right. in, in sports like that, where, where it's like, you know, purely sort of physical conquest, you know, it, it is surprising that that it took took that long to be to be honest with you. Especially, and I exactly. imagine, oh, I was going to say, I, imagine, I wonder if they score more or less these days. You know, I don't know the answer. But it's a good question. Just in general. Yeah. Well, I would I would argue, and this isn't based on facts here. This is just sure. my we're just, hot take here. We're just here. chit-chatting here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would argue that it's probably more difficult nowadays to score goals just because mm. Everyone's the getting tactics... Better. The, exactly. Not the just tactics the are better. The the right, right. The the players are all way fitter probably than they were back then. Although mm-hmm. still, if you look at pictures from some of those players back in the seventies, their legs were like tree trunks, bro. I mean, so they were in good shape back then too. But it was just a whole different. I mean, professional sports just weren't at the level that they are now. Like I know sure, at least back in the day, in general, what we know right. about our bodies and all that stuff, right. Right. What we know about diet, nutrition, Mm -hmm. recovery time, types of other like workouts or exercises you should be doing. Exactly. Um, But I know way back in the day, like professional baseball players, they used to have other jobs like that was more like a summer gig (laughs) that they would do. So they'd go deliver milk to show you. Uh. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So it goes to show you how much uh, the field of professional sports has really um, improved a lot over Mm -hmm. the years. So anyways, shout out to you, Robert Lewandowski uh, as a Bayern fan. Um, I'm so happy for him and I think it's great and so shout out to you sir yeah for sure for sure I was hoping I was waiting for those hand points <laughs> I got it. I was em. waiting don't worry um, alright well let's get into these untranslatables dude let's do it let's do it and untranslatables are idioms proverbs sayings axioms that don't always translate on a one-to-one basis into English. Usually, last week we had, or last week, last episode, we did have some uh, exciting camping untranslatables. Yes. This week, we will be going back to some of our tried and true untranslatables, which are in a foreign language into English. And I will get us started today, Jared, with a Russian untranslatable, and it is Bit Nevesvoye Tarelka. To uh to not be in one's own plate. To not be in one's own plate. Is that like to be too like self-obsessed? N- uh no. Or okay, like or like not like self-centered in, in your own thing and like I'm just in my own plate, not concerned about uh for ours we would we would use a an animal for our untranslatable. Hmm. Okay, that's not helping. I'm going to be honest with you. A water animal. In his own plate. Water animal. Something about fish? Yes. Plenty of fish in the sea. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. 
I'm sorry. A fish. Fish out of water. There we go. Ah, See, I knew okay. you knew it. Yeah. I if you give you me it, enough of it, I'll know it. Sure. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So this basically means to be out of your element, uh, feel uncomfortable, maybe even feel embarrassed. Mm. So there you go. Okay. I have two Russians on untranslatables, but unfortunately, you know, it was so weird. The site I went to, for the life of me, I couldn't copy and paste stuff off mm-hmm. of it. So I took screenshots. So I, I wanted to send you the Russian, but uh, I can't. So I'll just have to read it to you. Okay. Uh, Is it something about a nose? Very good. Very good. To lead someone grabbing at their nose or grabbing them by their nose. Um, I'm assuming this means to mislead somebody. It's more than that. Misleading. It's, it's, I'll say that's part of it, but to, to, is it to fool somebody? There you go. That's what I was looking for. Okay. That's that's okay. perfect. You know, that actually deserves a ham horn, Chad. Okay. It's to it's to mislead someone, you know, almost to fool levels. Okay. I like that. Let me give you we're we're gonna kick uh, keep going with this uh Russian kick here, Jared. Da. Uh exactly. And this one is um Zatk Zatknut Zapoyas. Which means to put someone under one's belt or to put under one's belt. To put under one's belt. Is that like to to like insult someone to the point of destruction? Are you put that I, dude I, under I, his I belt? Like, I like where your head's at, but no. Um, this one, uh, who who is that racer you mentioned a couple episodes back? Uh, Lu- oh, that- Valtteri Bottas, Lewis Hamilton's teammate. So you could say that Lewis Hamilton puts him uh, under his okay. belt. Okay, like to, to like destroy someone in competition? Yeah, to surpass someone, to okay. be better than. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Oh, I see. Yeah, I put this. I, that actually sounds like something a, a rapper would, would say. I keep wanting to I keep wanting to say it. I put this n word under my belt like that. Keep in my head that that that's repeatedly where I'm going to, and it sounds okay. like it sounds like a rap a rap lyric. Dude, we could we could we could produce n- numerous albums with all the untranslatables that we've got. What if at we this made point? just pure pure <laughs> untranslatable rap album? Yeah, and we just like it's just like the tra- <laughs> like the literal English translations are the phrases we use for <laughs> that would be that would be funny. If we were talented, Except I can't rap for shit. I can write, I can make the beats and the mm. music for you, but I cannot rap for shit. If you could, here's the deal: <laughs> if you could make the music and write, you mean write the music? I mean, I could try to write. If the you could lyrics. write the lyrics, well, no, no. I was gonna say I could rap it, but I can't. Because I, what I can do is I can, I can rap in the sense that I'm very good at following along, like recreating what rappers have done. But listen, we don't want to do that. We want to do our own thing. That's fair. Um, how it's pronounced? Oh, sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm reading my notes. Uh, my next untranslatable is Russian as well. Da Pijolsta. Um, and oh, speaking of which, uh, did you see? I saw that uh, your your buddy graduated. Oh yeah! Shout out to my buddy David for graduating. Speaking of yeah. shout outs, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, so anyway, my in <laughs> as playing homage to him, we're doing Russian untranslatables. And uh, my second Russian untranslatable uh, is ni riba 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 ni miasa. Something about fish. Yes. Do you know what miasa is? I don't. Okay, so you know riba is is fish, riba or whatever. Mm-hmm. How would you say R- that? Riba, I think. R- riba. 
Miasa mm-hmm. is meat, just so you know. Okay. So ni riba, riba, ni miasa. I think you No can fish, sh- no meat. There you go. Neither fish nor meat. Neither fish nor meat. That's uh, when you're talking about nothing. Um, no, that's not what it is. Something that has no substance. Uh, very good. Wow. Very good. That's exactly it. So it means that's essentially something that's average mm-hmm. uh, or like has no sort of no taste. You know, it's neither okay. fish nor... It's neither fish nor meat. We have a friend... Chris Blaker, he knows how to lay down a mean baseline when called upon. Mm-hmm. And um, we used to know this guy, and I, I, I never, um, this is an unt- this is a organic, untranslatable, he said to me years ago in college that has always stuck with me. He said, this person, he's like, this person is like a, a bowl of plain mashed potatoes. <laughs> and when he said that, I knew exactly what he meant. He's like, he's not bad. There's just there's just not no take nothing to him yeah. like there's nothing it's there. Just bland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's bowl just of mash- <laughs> that's funny. A bowl. I love it. A and, bowl of mashed potatoes. And that's that's hilarious. That's I think that's Chris Blaker's translation of the neither fish nor meat, where it's just that's like it's, it's just like a bowl of bla- a bowl of plain mashed potatoes. <laughs> that might have to be a new untranslatable, Jared. <laughs> yeah, I mean it it's is. Like I use of, it. I bowl use of it. Plain mashed potatoes. That's a good one. <laughs> Well, you know, to commemorate my good buddy David and uh, continue our trend, let me give you another Russian untranslatable, Jared. Okay. Ya tebya pokazu gde raki zimut, which means I will show you where the crawfish spend the winter. That sounds like a threat that 1920s people would use uh, towards someone. And like and what they would that, and hold what their fist like this when they say What it? would we say in English for that threat? Um, you're right. I mean, just like, don't fuck with me. What do you mean? It's like, I don't, I mean, uh, I'm sure there's some sort of like maybe more specific phrase I'm looking for here or, or like some better untranslatable than that that you were thinking of. Can you give I'm me the, gonna, I'm going to punch your lights out. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, uh, can you give me the, the, the untranslatable again sorry i just want to hear the yeah you're 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 good i will show you where the lobsters spend the winter or where the crawfish spend the right, winter Sorry, i just need some context when i'm trying to think about this mm-hmm. i'll show you where the lob. Uh, i'll show you i'll show you who's boss is that yeah, it i'll give it to you oh god I, I mean the one i was looking for was i'll teach you a lesson oh okay 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 all right. I yeah, guess we I use that more that. so for like I'm going to teach them a lesson. Yeah, you know I'll teach I mean? them a lesson. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. That's right. true. I'm not. I've never said that before in my life. Uh, there's never been a moment in my life where I felt like I was going to teach someone a lesson. You know. Well, you also don't have kids or younger siblings either, do you? Uh, that's true. I mean, I do have. Yeah, that's true. I, I am the younger sibling, so I, I mostly what I did was the terror. Your older sister probably was like, "Oh, I'm going to teach Jared yeah, a lesson." Most of what I did was just terrorizing, I believe. So, <laughs> so yeah, I don't think that's I was fair. teaching any lessons uh, back in the day. Uh, but we're here to teach some lessons today, Chad, aren't we? You better believe it. And th- those lessons today are going to be focused on traveling safely, and uh, I think the. The best advice I would give just right off the bat, Jared, would be when possible, try to travel with a buddy, travel with a friend, travel Mm. with somebody, especially if you're going to a place where you've never been before, or if it's a place, I think there's, there's like kind of a checklist of things that I would keep in mind in terms of like travel safety. Like number one, 
Can you speak the language? Yeah. Number two, do you have any local contacts? Because I think for both of those, if you have to say no to both of those, I would highly recommend going with someone mm. just because just having that extra person there just adds a whole nother layer of safety and security. If they're, if you're with a trustworthy person, I guess we should say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean just don't pick up someone off the street and be right. like, hey, don't, let's don't... go to, uh, I don't know, some random country together. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Don't post on your Facebook. Uh, hey, I'm traveling to Honolulu next week. <laughs> exactly. exactly. ISO. Uh, travel buddy or on your tinder page or yeah, whatever nothing yeah. sexual <laughs> you got to clarify that that's exactly. an interesting one at first i sort of turned my nose up to that because that seems sort of overly cautious i think and i i think i still kind of think that but i i think without even thinking i sort of do follow that that trend um i can't think of any place that i've been to by myself that i um didn't have some sort of experience with you know so I guess that's fair. You know, and that's, you know, also it made me think of you and I, I hope this is still in intact just because I still plan on going at some point. You and I did say that we would go to South America at some point together because mm-hmm. that, that is a place that I would love to go. Um, I, you know, as I mentioned, there are cheap flights on Spirit to Bogota, Colombia. And mm-hmm. um, I really like the idea of going to, to South America somewhere. And uh, it's not that it's not safe. It's not that it's super safe. It's just that um, that's certainly some. That's it's. It seems like a big step, you know. And you know, it really is a step into the unknown, language-wise and culture-wise. That I certainly am like, yeah, I would prefer that if I would, if to go probably with someone the first time. Uh, but I still think I would consider going by myself. But that doesn't mean that that's a good idea. Let's be clear. <laughs> right. I would. I would. As as much as I love that you're open to traveling places solo jared i would certainly you would as your warrior friend i would you would definitely be on my mind for sure um i mean did you hear the story about the black dude that got killed in uh, barranquilla a few weeks ago where's that at uh just google if you can probably just google gringo uh or black gringo killed in black barranquilla gringo. yeah that, that's what they called them I mean, I don't know what they call it. You could, or you could just Google what? Black American killed in Barranquilla, and you'll, you should be able to find okay. it. But he was basically, what it sounds like is he was, I don't know if he was set up or if he was just in the wrong place oh, at the wrong time. Oh, that's in Colombia, okay. Yeah, it's in Colombia. Well, you mentioned Bogota, which is I, in yeah, Colombia. I just never heard of Barranquilla, so I didn't know. I didn't know. I think it's in the very north of Colombia, if I remember correctly. It's supposed to be pretty beautiful, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Not from but, a cave where you're getting your eyes cut out. I don't know how he right. died. I just made that up. Well, no. So I, I, it sounds like it was a robbery gone wrong, which once again, though, that's an, that's and actually, Jared, that What's story a robbery is kind gone of right. That's my question. Well, a robbery, a robbery gone right would be they, they steal, steal your, your shit, shit no and you're dies. still alive. <laughs> yeah, right. A robbery gone wrong would mean that they killed you. And, you know, uh, most of the time when people go to rob somebody, they killing them is not what they are trying to, to fair, do. Barranquilla mm-hmm. for just as just for starters is very far away from Bogota. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll read you some of the story. Let's see if I can. I can. Okay, Timothy Revel Reed had come into town December of last year and was setting up a restaurant with his Colombian partner. Uh, he bought a house too there. 
a new fatality left the wave of, and this is recent, isn't it? This is, yeah, this yeah. was, uh, this was, this article was posted April 24th, 2021. The man identified as Timothy Reed, uh, according to the first Im- information, was on a 35A street, a street with the Carrera 8. What's, oh, these are street, these are street names. In the Las Palmas neighborhood, when he approached, when he was approached by two individuals who were mobilizing on a red motorcycle, you never want to be mobilized upon. Uh, did you mm-hmm. see the video, by the way, in South Africa of the people in the, uh, in the uh, like the sort of Brink style truck that got robbed as well, and they and the the, dri- the driver t- t- like took evasive maneuvers, and it looked like a freaking Fast and Furious movie. I think I might have seen that video. And there was like the black dude it, yeah. in the seat with like the the uh, the assault rifle. He looked a little scared, yep. while the guy driving looked disturbingly calm for being right. shot at and driving. <laughs> well, I guess that's who you want driving <laughs> for sure. in that scenario, For sure, Jared. but I was like, this but, yeah. guy seems like he's been waiting for this moment. Uh, and he took, he handled it. So uh, the moment was recorded on security cameras. Yeah, anyway, he was, uh, he was uh, killed. So yeah, uh, I mean, it can certainly happen. I don't know anything about Barranquilla, but that would lead to um, something that I would say is important for the travel safety and something that I know you know, Chad, a lot about is do your mm-hmm. research. Yeah. Oh, that's a huge one. I mean, uh, research and preparedness in terms of anything, whether it be travel, camping, learning a foreign language, whatever. I think uh, doing your research and being prepared is super, super crucial. You- um, but sometimes, though, too, Jared, I mean, you can do your research till the cows come home. But if you put yourself in compromising positions, if you associate with the wrong people, you know, a lot of that stuff sure, just kind of goes why out the window. Research then. to know uh, where to go and stuff. When you you've been to uh, various places, Czech Republic, China are the most recent ones that you were at for a while. What sort of research? Indonesia. Yeah, but you didn't really have any like. You, I mean, I'm sure you did research before you went there, but you also didn't really have any choice into going. Like they, that was sort of just like, hey, a pandemic's about to happen, and you need to leave, kind of thing. Well, and I had a work conference, so there it wasn't. Too, so it yeah, wasn't like no you're choice. like. It wasn't like you're like, oh, I'm going to Bali, or I need to do a lot of research. You were like, oh, I'm going to Bali in a week. I guess I should probably look into some things. You know, <laughs> it was a little right. bit different, sort of uh, like mindset, I think. And mm-hmm. when you're going to Czech Republic and China, those were two places where you had you know plenty of prep- preparation time beforehand a lot of time to think about it a lot of time to make probably sure too much time you had <laughs> all your ducks in a row what sort of research did you do and 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 maybe if you can remember how did it differ between czech republic and china so czech republic i i'll be honest i didn't do as much research because mm. i had been there before uh, I also was in a bordering town to Germany, so I knew like if I needed to get somewhere where I could understand the people, I mean, it would have been a very long walk, but I could have theoretically walked to Germany, <laughs> definitely biked there. I had some friends who would bike across the border to Germany all the time um, from where we were living. Um, and the other thing was, too, is because because I was going with a reputable organization, which is Fulbright, I knew they would they would take care of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that is the wrong mentality to have if you're traveling somewhere. It's a little different, I think, if you move somewhere for work. Not that there aren't dangers or uh, potential problems, uh, you know, down, going down that avenue. But so with the Czech Republic, I mean, the research I did was um, just basic phrases in Czech. So how do you say please and thank you, mm-hmm. uh, prosim and. Um, uh, would be our uh, our please and thank yous. Yes. Um, Nazdravi, let's see cheers. Here. 
Yep. What um, other I, I did <laughs> look up. I did look up. Um, just like like the crime rate and like what to expect. And the Czech Republic actually, Jared, is one of Europe's safest countries. Mm-hmm. They have one of the lowest. I've <laughs> Jesus one Christ. Of the lowest we get rates, sorry. Hiccups, yawns, burps, all I know, in like we're a going all ten seconds. <laughs> um I've never really looked up a crime rate before, but I feel like I've I've never gone to a place that I felt to be like just off of what I generally know to be uh like a uh, hugely dangerous. Um, what are you going to do with that information with crime rates? Are you going to be like, this place is too dangerous? I'm not going to go here? Well, so with crime rates, it's more so just to get an idea of what types of crimes are most mm. often committed. So, so for example, one habit that I started in the Czech Republic that I still have not changed to this Smoking day. Smoking cigarettes. Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> um, having five beers for lunch. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, no. The thing that I've been doing since I moved to the Czech Republic was I keep my wallet in a front pocket. Mm. I used when I was living in the states, I always kept my wallet in my back pocket. Yeah, always. I still do. Um, and and ever since moving to the Czech Republic, um, and it's not like I ever there were there were only a few times when it, like people interacted with me where I was kind of like I don't know you this feels a little bit shady mm-hmm. like I told you the story right about the guy who uh, pretty sure I told you this story when I was living in the Czech Republic um, I'll just give you a brief cliff notes it was I was walking home from uh, school one day. And this, uh, this guy stopped me and asked me, do you have the time? And so I pull out my phone and I tell him the time. Which, um, by the way, classic you're about to get robbed line. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And so, so, and yeah, the last thing you want to do as well is pull out your phone because he could have snatched it and ran and that would have been that. Um, so anyway, so, so I tell him the time and then he says, oh, thank you. Let me give you this gift as a... Like a thank you for for what? and I'm like no it's okay I don't want it and he's like please take it take it and he gives me this like cologne or, or perfume and then he asks me he says hey I need to um, I need to get a train home do you have any money on you um, and then I think I gave him I didn't give him much I gave him the equivalent of like two two U S dollars maybe if that did it um, feel like a don't again, rob me tax almost is that base, less, basically yeah <laughs> like did you feel um, like you weren't really in a situation where you could comfortably say no essentially i mean i could have told him no but here's the thing with some of those people jared if you tell them no they will they'll follow you they'll pester you i knew it would just be faster what kind and of shoes easier did you have me. on did you think you could outrun them uh i had some i had my just my like jordan sneakers yeah, you could on run them um prop maybe but anyways i just didn't want to deal with that bs so i gave him the couple bucks in my in my pocket and yeah off i went but but that's the thing is is i would say what i learned from that situation is as sad as it is just don't help random people you know what my um, move is what is headphones even if i'm not playing anything and it's like late at night like that i sort of use the headphones in my head as a cover for like, this is why I don't hear you and I just keep walking Those with purpose. Are, th- that is good to some extent, Jared, but also... Um, but it could also... The, the, it can make you a target, target yes. especially like dark at night. If they think you don't have headphones on, they could, you know, come up behind you and try to give Not you a cheap attention. shot or... Yeah. Right, that's exactly. So, that's a good point. But that's, Listen, which either way you're going to get robbed is what Chad's saying. Exactly. There's no exactly. way to avoid it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, but I, I do think it's important that you want to. It's weird, Jared. There's kind of a balance that you need to find, right? You, 
the thing with the headphones is it's great, especially during the daytime if you're just yes. walking somewhere and people won't bug you. Mm-hmm. But there, there's kind of this balance you want to reach, right, where you want to be unfriendly enough looking where people don't bug you, but you also don't want to be too friendly. look so strange <laughs> that you will look like a target. Exactly. Right? Like another, exactly. another thing that I see a lot of um, you know travelers get duped is they, they're going out to the bar and they have a good time, and then there's all sorts of things that can go wrong. So you go out to the bar, you're walking home, you're drunk. People can obviously see you're a very easy target, whether that mm-hmm. be uh, rob you, scam you, what have you. I've also heard some horror stories of some guys going abroad to countries to meet the ladies. And, um, and, and I will say this to all the gents listening to today's episode. If you go to a bar or a club or wherever... And this girl that's completely out of your league approaches you and she seems super interested and she is being very forward with you, especially talking about some very explicit things. It's most likely a scam. Um, And what happens to a lot of these poor guys is they'll go back to either they'll be dumb enough to take that girl back to their hotel room and then all their shit gets stolen. There was this uh, story on, I forget which TV channel it was, but it was basically the story was about um, people who had been scammed abroad. Um, And then this one guy was like a private detective who had... uh, uh, a lot of experience in in uh, South America, and so what happened was, and he spoke fluent Spanish, and so he he met this uh, this Colombian woman, beautiful girl. Obviously, go back to the hotel room, and she goes, "Oh, do you have any wine? You know, it'd be so great to have a glass of wine with you." And so he says, "Sure." And this dude had set cameras up all in the room because you know it's a sting operation, right? Mm-hmm. And so the guy says, "Sure, let me just run to the rest restroom to freshen up." And you see the you see the the Colombian chick pull out something from her bra and put a couple droplets of whatever in his glass of wine, and uh, and and then and then he goes to toast the wine. And then he smells it, and you should have seen the look on her face because I think she realized like that something wasn't quite right. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he didn't said, do the classic said, somehow. Hey, look over there him <laughs> and switch them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So what ended up happening, Jared, is is he ended up not drinking the wine, and then they had a couple of people like burst into the hotel room. And they arrested her. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, but for a lot of tourists who are who are unaware, and you know, you're just drunk and. Trying to get your What's get your uh, excitement fixed for the night. Uh, you got to be careful. So, and once again, Jared, I think the the key with travel safety is, um, and now I'm talking about if you're in a full sober, clear state of mind, um, go with your gut. Like if if something seems sketchy, and if your gut is telling you like this just doesn't seem right, just don't do it. I mean, it just you know why why risk it? Um, mm. I think that's some of the best, honestly, travel advice I could give is that. If you if if something feels off, our bodies the human body is a crazy thing, Jared. And if something feels off to you, and and I'm sure you've maybe had some moments where like the hair kind of stands up on the back of your neck, for example, it's your body is giving you signals. Get the fuck out of there. I would say that's you know I don't I don't like to compliment myself a lot, but I think that is one of my greatest qualities is my ability to just leave something whether it's some sort of situation like you're talking about or whether it's some sort of like party you know like I, like there's there's no hesitancy for me to be like i'm out <laughs> right and, which is a good uh, place to be mentally i think but i like think you i think that's that's the the challenge with sometimes being some like one of those nice people is you always feel this need to like like oh but what if this person does need help or what if i'm just like you know 
uh, leaving someone in some sort of bad situation or, you know, you always are in this sort of like, uh, you know, I need to make sure everything's okay mode. Uh, mm-hmm. when sometimes you just need to have that flight, just like, you know, just you're, you're, you know, my name is, my name is Bennett and I'm not in it. Something like that. My name's Bennett and I'm not in it. I don't know. Something like that. Someone translatable like that. But yeah, getting drunk and wa- getting wasted in, uh, in foreign lands is a big one. And it's such an easy, it's such an easy one too. Cause we, we've seen it so many times and, and name your big city that we've been to you'll see right and, and, and the americans especially are always noticeable because whether sober or drunk they're loud we're loud oh for sure for sure and so you're just really putting a target on your back yeah without without a doubt and the other thing too with especially if we want to talk more specifically about americans traveling abroad um most countries not all but most countries if they see an american and they know you're american they're generally their first assumption is this person has money. Yeah. Um, especially if you do travel in countries where there is a very big discrepancy between, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the U.S. currency and the local currency. Yeah. Right. There's and this so, like American equals rich, essentially. Right. And, and a lot of times many younger American tourists are far from being rich. Right. Um, I would say probably even middle age American tourists. Probably yeah, but a I lot think if you look at the stuff that even like a not rich american has for the taking i could see why even ones that aren't quote-unquote rich could be mistaken for it because sure we still have such a strong like consumerism stuff mentality even people that aren't rich have stuff you know right well and see that's the thing too is that i think the the other thing in terms of staying safe while you travel is you have to really get out of your own headspace what i mean by this is exactly what you mentioned jared which is you know, to a lot of Americans, what we have, you know, we just consider it fairly normal, right? But like, for example, I don't know, you go to you go to some places in the world and walking around with an iPhone 11, you already got a target on your back, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so being aware of, you know, what might motivate other people in the country where you're visiting. And the, the goal of this episode today is not to make people paranoid and not want to travel. We love travel and we want you all to get out there and travel, but you have to... You have to be smart. You have to think about things, um, and and you know really try not to be that that foreigner that's too drunk or too flashy or what have you, too loud. That really does put yourself in a bad position. Uh, the other thing too, Jared, that I think a lot of Americans get wrong when they travel is we are too nice and too trusting, and we share too many details about our travel. Yeah. Right. You, what I mean. We talking about Don. Go ahead. Uh, uh, I, I wasn't talking about Don specifically, but I mean, just, I <laughs> just, you know, telling people where you're staying, where you're from, uh-huh. what your job is. You're just giving these people more and more reasons if they wanted to take advantage of you. I mean, in, in, if I were to scam somebody and they were telling me, oh, yeah, I'm staying at this nice five-star hotel. And I'm here on this, you know, two-week vacation. Like, you tell me how long you're going to be there. So I could time it when I wanted to, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's so many yeah, different things. Yeah, this is the so, stuff we're going to see in the, in the next couple of days. We're going to be out all day seeing this and seeing that. We stay at this really nice hotel. That Have you heard of it? The Four Seasons? It's gorgeous. They have a they have a lovely, lovely hotel. We have this gorgeous room on the 10th floor. It is so nice to view from that high up. There's only like three or four rooms on that floor. On that floor. Those rooms must be huge. <laughs> right? Exactly. And I get why... A a lot of Americans uh, or even travelers, tourists in general, fall for this because you're traveling, you're excited for your vacation. I get it. Look, yeah. I get it. And those scammers but, are gr- so friendly, too. 
That's yeah. what they're best at, not stealing, but being friendly and getting to know people. Well, see, and that's the other thing I, I think a lot of people fail to see when it comes to getting scammed when you're traveling mm. and, and you know putting yourself in bad situations is a lot of times if you are going to be scammed by somebody, a lot of times it's more than one person involved. And a lot of times um, it, you know, there will be a lot more moving parts than people realize. Like, for example, a friend of mine, they got their wallet stolen uh, while they were on the subway in Paris. And he know he knew immediately after he felt that his wallet was gone. He he was just like, well, like it's gone. He just did the flashback you know? and all those people he thought he just made the new friends he just thought he met. He he didn't. Okay. But <laughs> but but my whole point with this is that a lot of times, so many of these situations can happen without you even realizing it, right? So, and a lot of this happens too through distraction. So so keep your head on a swivel as they say if you ever played ice hockey i get a little i get a little concerned about people that are uh like too like too willing to be friendly in foreign countries like that that are like you know like even if it's like a group of a couple people that are like super open to like hanging out like a little too open to it it makes me there's actually oh when i was in berlin with you uh, i was I was walking somewhere. You weren't with me at the time. It was, you know, some ungodly hour. Um, and I, I was walking back to the... It was it was the, the night of the um, the uh, karaoke bar. Uh, we oh, had that split up for a night. bit. And I was walking back somewhere. And this dude seemed like... He seemed like super friendly and he was coming up to me and, uh, and, you know, asking me something. I don't remember what it was, but it was non-threatening at all. And like... it, But, but I'm just like... But I'm just like you and I, like we was in an area where like there was like no one around, and I'm like, why, why me, why me, <laughs> you know? Right. And I'm like, yeah, you seem friendly, and what you're asking me is not that threatening. But the setting is wrong. The setting is not mm-hmm. right for me to. This is not where I make friends. <laughs> so right. I kind of just full on ghosted them and just like walked past them and sort of just said like I don't even remember what I said, but essentially you know just you know kept moving essentially and i'm like i don't care how friendly your question is this is not the place like and how how unthreatening you seem to me this is not the place that i'm going to be making friends like it's just the setting is off even if the other parts of the uh, uh equation seem okay but see jared you did something that's really important when it comes to travel which is really being able to read and kind of filter your surroundings right yeah so, it's also like three in the morning too right <laughs> it's like i'm right. not going anywhere else anyway so like yeah for sure and then the nighttime sure. tends to be i think when a lot of travelers will get in trouble because they've been drinking they've been having a good time your guard is down and i feel like um, i have heard stories of of tourists you know we don't have i'm not even talking about just americans but just tourists in general that have like made friends with locals and like partied with locals and then next thing they know they wake up in the morning and all their shit is gone or something like that Mm -hmm. like that's that's a pretty common story and it usually starts with like oh oh he was so or he or she was was so friendly we had we were partying together for hours you know and we like it's we got to know each other and then you wake (laughs) the next thing you know you black out and wake up uh in squalor in your uh, empty hotel room or whatever so uh, here's a here's a um, here's a here's a question for you, Chad. Speaking of hotels, do you do you use hotel safes? Uh, sometimes, yeah. It really depends on the country. Depends on. Uh, there's a lot of factors. Um, a, a lot of times, though, see that's the other tricky thing, Jared. Is is that a lot of times when I'm traveling internationally, 
once I check into the hotel, I will a lot of times store my passport either in the hotel safe or somewhere in my belongings where, I mean, you'd have to really, I mean, you basically would have to steal my stuff in order to get my, like, like just take my bags in order to get my passport. Mm-hmm. Um, which at that point, we have other concerns too, not just that my passport's gone, <laughs> you know? Um, sure. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't always use them because, um, I don't know, sometimes they don't, I'm no safe expert. But those hotel safes, like I like, I always feel like if anyone were to want to steal this safe, they would know exactly how to open it, you know, <laughs> because hotel safes are by no means the most complex safes out there. Um, they're they're really it's really only protecting you against like the pettiest of crimes, you know. And then I think, oh, sorry, right. did you hear that? I did. Okay, but you're good. <laughs> Do not disturb. Um, yeah, it's like the pettiest of crimes, and so like, so like, um, I, I just that's I, I'm the same way with you. Sometimes I will use them, but sometimes even when I use them, I'm like, what does this really protect? Like, I it really almost feels like a placebo effect to me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, or it's like I guess it one, makes me feel better. But like one thing oh, regarding yeah. the hotel safes as well, Jared, is when possible, choose a hotel that's actually legit reputable hotel. Like mm. some people will check book these super cheap. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. Because a lot of people will stay somewhere and they're like, oh, well, it's only five bucks for one night. Of course, I'm going to stay there. It's super Mm -hmm. cheap. And it's like, well, no, sometimes you get what you pay for. Right. Um, There's a reason why. And mm -hmm. and reviews, reviews are plentiful. So if you're going to any place that has like, you know, below four star reviews or whatever, or like zero reviews or like two reviews that are both five stars and it said loved it uh probably like uh yeah it's just not worth it because the internet even in like places that you would that one can would consider quite remote um Mm -hmm. uh, there are probably still reputable meaning like rated uh places to stay in these uh, places unless you go like fully off the grid somehow now speaking of reputable hotels the other advantage with reputable hotels over like an airbnb I have also heard some stories of people, not to scare you out of Latin America here, Jared, but I have heard stories of people. Uh, this was actually Chad, Col- you can just Columbia tell me you don't want to go with me. If you don't want to go, uh, I, you can I, just I do wanna say go. it. Because um, now you're giving all these reasons why we shouldn't go to Colombia. There's another Colombia story. So here's the other Colombia <laughs> okay. story, Jared. Where's this one Is at? this person stayed? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. But this person stayed at an Airbnb. I think it was actually in Bogota. Of course. Uh, the capital city. And they were staying in an Airbnb, which seemed legit because, you know, they had security there. They, they had all the stuff. But here's the thing. With a lot of these types of scams, uh, even the security guards, the doorman, they might be in on the scam mm-hmm. as well. So you can't just assume staying at like a private Airbnb is always a safe idea. That's why like if you have a reputable hotel, I mean, sure, in theory, those people could also be corrupt too. But a lot of times if it's a very reputable hotel and there are reviews there, I mean, if somebody got scammed, they would have posted it in theory. Yeah. And also, it's not always just about getting robbed or murdered. I remember back in college, we stayed at a, um, a hostel in Chicago and um we were told that um 
there used to be a big problem with like uh like bed bugs in, in, in hostels, but that problem has essentially gone away since re- since the internet since like internet has become more popular because reviews have really like reviews are so powerful these days that mm-hmm. um you can't get away with, with stuff like that uh at least you know this was you know the Chicago hostel scene is what he was talking about but I imagine that's right. the case on a on a global scale in general where it's like there's a lot less you can get away with because people will are a lot more likely to find out. So that's why right. that's why ratings are not hard to find no matter where you are, and they, they go a long way. And you also bring up a really good point, Jared, with the uh, you know talking about bed bugs and stuff. When we talk about traveling safely, we don't just mean avoiding Getting like, serious catastrophes, <laughs> but also your mental health and safety too. Like if you know. You have a, a safe place to sleep at night where you don't have to worry about getting uh, eaten up by bed bugs. Mm-hmm. Will will give you a ton of peace of mind. And let's be honest, why do most people travel? Because they want to get away from the hustle and bustle and have some peace of mind, um, and be able to relax for a little while. Yeah, um, for sure. So yeah, for sure. Um, how much money do you carry on you? Cash, cash money. So it's always good to have a small amount of cash on you for emergencies, mm-hmm. whether that be you need to get a cab back to your hotel, you need maybe uh, you you've been out longer and you're starving. You know, there could be all sorts of reasons why. And if you get so robbed, I keep, you don't want to have nothing on you. Right. You want to be able to, I just need to make sure we we really go back to the base of this episode, avoiding getting robbed. I, so, I in my mind it's better to have some money on you than zero. Right. So I'll tell you. So so when I was living in China, I would keep 200 RMB on me at all times. Let me see how much that costs. That's like 30 uh, bucks, isn't it? I think so. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So so that's usually when I was in China, I kept usually around 200 RMB, uh, which comes out to $31. Damn. So yes. But that goes a lot further in right. China that it might go in the right. 30 euro might go in you know I don't know Denmark. Now granted in China China's a little different as well because you can use your cell phone to pay for a lot of right. stuff too. Most people don't even so, take cash. They're like what is this? Right. Right. So I would keep <laughs> cash on me but the other thing is your other kind of cash outlet is keep a portable power bank a charger on you mm. because if your phone dies and that's your emergency money outlet, and your phone dies, then you don't have any money anymore. Yeah, and you don't have so, access to anything like rides or exactly yeah, or anything. Exactly, and even even with the, they have a lot of charging banks in China that you can rent, but a lot of those, your phone needs to have power in order for you to log in and do all that stuff mm-hmm. to unlock it. Mm-hmm. So once again, you still need that. Uh, in the U.S., I keep twenty bucks in my wallet um, at all times, just because you never know. Um, sure, you know, my, you never know. My mom used to. Well, she still would say it but she says that not having any money on you is bad luck oh interesting okay i've never heard that i don't always have money on me but uh but certainly since the pandemic i've made a point to have some more cash on me than i normally Mm -hmm. would yeah it's it's smart and and i will say one one tip that i've read in terms of um, if you are ever robbed, what they say you should do is Play you dead. should toss your wallet in one direction and run in the other direction, <laughs> is what they say. That really highlights how dumb they think robbers are. <laughs> Ooh, money. Hey, where did the person go? <laughs> well, well, no, the reason why is because most of the time they are only after your sure, money. Yeah, for sure. So they run I mean, after that's, your wallet. That's, I think, another important thing to mention. I feel like for the most part... People that are robbing you are probably not interested in murder. Like right. that's a whole nother level of crime. 
than taking right. someone's wallet. And so, like, I, I don't know. I also feel like people aren't as quick to jump to some sort of physical assault as, or murder as maybe, I'm not going to say you, but sure, yeah, I'll say you. That's probably who I'm thinking. Um, right. Yeah, but I agree with you. You should probably carry some money on you. I have another question for you. Um, mm-hmm. What about uh, keeping a copy of your passport or license? Yep. I don't have a copy of my license, which I probably should. But I, when I do travel, I, I keep a copy of my. Is it a color keep, pa- co- a color color yes, copy of your passport? I, when I was in China last, I had three colored copies actually. And <laughs> um, how many copies does it start to get suspicious? <laughs> well, the reason why I had three, Jared, was there was actually a couple. Do you laminate um, them? other? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. I had some friends who did. The reason why I didn't laminate them is so I could fold them and so I could fold it up mm. and put it in my wallet. Laminating um, it almost makes it seem a little shadier. Because to me, then, I, like, what are you trying to pass this off as? Re- at, that, at that point, it almost feels like you're right. trying to pass it off as real ID. Right. Yeah. 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 With with passports, I mean, you you certainly have to be careful. Um, it's always good, I think, to have a copy of it, you know, in case something bad were to ever happen. What would you do? So if you were to, is that just make it a lot easier if you lose your passport to get a new one? Yep. Okay. Yep. Because C- you can just give the embassy... All of that, they, oh, have, they have your passport, passport number, numbers. they yeah. have everything. Okay. Uh, I used to have my passport number memorized, uh, fun fact. That's not, how many not, numbers? Isn't that a good n- amount of numbers? No, it's only six or seven. Oh, okay. Oh, I was thinking, isn't there numbers, I think it's eight like, numbers? at the bottom where they swipe it? Where they swipe it? Probably. But, those are, but that's, that's like, not the passport. Those are, that's like, okay, right. that's like a barcode right. kind of thing. The only reason why I have that memorized, Jared, was I had to write very my passport person. number so many times. <laughs> oh. No, I had to write my passport number on everything. When when you're in China, you do any traveling. Every hotel, uh, you have to write your passport number. Every, dude, a lot I would of put the, fake numbers if I were you. You can't. You can't. Why not? Then you're not going to, because it won't match. Match what? Do they, they then they look register at your passport? You, yeah, they register oh. you with the foreign police or the, with the dude. local police office there. Uh, dude, I would totally get arrested in China. I can't tell you Bro, how many. Bro, you would be fucked in China. I can't tell you, you yeah. how many uh, uh, hotels I've gone to given the wrong numbers, wrong addresses. <laughs> like, I do that shit oh, you would be all screwed. the time. I hate just giving out my address and, and phone number, especially my phone number. I'll lie about my phone number in a heartbeat. Dude, I went to the dealership to get my car serviced a couple of weeks ago and they asked for my address. And I'm, in my head, I'm like, why do you need my address? Just fix my car and I'll pay you for it. And so right. what I did... Um, was I gave, gave him actually, my address? I gave him, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I gave him your so phone you number. my address on everything? <laughs> um, no, I gave him my right address begrudgingly. He said it back to me completely wrong. And I was just like, yep, that's right. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> and they that's fixed funny. my car. I paid them. And I, and I was like, why did you need my address for that? I don't understand. So I, so I'll, I'm, I'm giving my, my address, my, a fake address in a heartbeat. But yeah, I clearly would have been arrested in China at some point. And so it's good to know. Mm -hmm. Well, the other reason why a lot of countries uh, make you register with the uh, police stations, like I know when we lived in Austria, we had to live, we had to register with the police station saying we were living there. Um, Or, well, it wasn't the police station. It was some special office, but Mm -hmm. regardless, the point is still the same. The reason why they do that for you, Jared, is um, if anything were to go wrong, they know where to, where at least to start looking um and all of that stuff um, sure that makes sense that makes sense i understand I, I certainly understand i think you know just my american brain hates the idea of you know of just that like 
everywhere you go. Not only do you have to give, you just have to give every bit of information to every place you go. It's certainly, um, I mean, the thing is we do it here in America too. I don't know why Americans claim to be so against it because as I mentioned, I'm always giving out, being asked for my address in places where I think it's completely useless. So, right. um, you know, I don't know. I under, I certainly understand why they would do it. I pro- honestly, and I don't want to make it seem like I would lie in China because that I, I would also recognize the if I get caught here in the U.S. lying about my address at a dealership for my car, nothing will happen to me. But if I'm but if like, I don't know if I get lost in, in, in Beijing and, and I've lied about it, that's a whole different issue for sure. Um, do you have any sort of specific and maybe you don't this is not even part of your wardrobe or, 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 or what you own. Do you have any sort of specifically specific clothing that you certainly won't pack or take with you because of uh, uh, the flashiness or brand? So, well, you know my wardrobe, Jared. There's nothing in my wardrobe right. that's super flashy or I don't have like big name brand clothes. But but I do still try to be mindful of what I'm going to be wearing in whatever place I'm going to be at because um, I think like certainly especially if you go even South America sorry sorry to any of our listeners in South America we're Jeez. not trying to shit on your continent today here well like I, Listen, a friend we, of mine told I'm me I'm saying I want to go there and you keep trying to find reasons why I right. shouldn't don't say we. I find okay, fair, fair I enough. find I Colombia to be a beautiful country and I, I hope to one I day apologize. visit it and enjoy the cultures. <laughs> I do too. But anyways, one of, one of my friends had told me, at least in Mexico, uh, I think he said like if you wear like a like a polo Ralph Lauren type of shirt, mm. like people automatically just assume you're like rich and you've got a lot of money. So, yeah, so and a lot of a lot of my teaching stuff is Ralph Lauren. Um, but I did take that with me to the Czech Republic and China. Um, but I was wearing that at work. Um, but I don't know. I mean, to me, none of none of the stuff that I wear is going to be flashy enough or expensive sure. enough to really catch somebody's eye. I don't think. The, um, the, but yeah, the big thing for me is I like to travel with a watch. Like it's very, it's it, especially when you're going to different time zones. Um, so what I do is um, I ser- I have two watches that I'll travel with. One is a Casio. Uh, a digital like just like you, you you couldn't get more basic of a digital casio watch and then i also have a a seiko 5 which is like a, a relatively small just like suit like super simple automatic uh like a, a analog watch and if i and and there are two watches where if i were to lose them you know i could replace them for uh you know 20 to 50 dollars um and and they also attract almost no attention you know because you can you can get them from your local uh cvs and so that and so that is is my go-to i also think for some reason something about for me especially when i'm traveling to foreign lands there is some sort of safety and i this is purely placebo like i don't even i can't even really explain it but i do attribute some level of safety to having like a watch and ha- just having like time not connected to my phone yeah i think that's a really smart tip the other uh point i want to mention too jared is you made a really good point about the fact that they're cheap and replaceable i would not recommend like when i went to china uh, and when i went to the czech republic i was very careful with what stuff i brought with me because uh the way i look at it when you travel 
you should bring things with you that if there was a crazy emergency, I mean, with COVID and everything, we've seen that the world is a crazy place. With any crazy emergency, you could leave and you could leave whatever stuff behind. And Jason Bourne be, style. Exactly. And it wouldn't be a huge. <laughs> but here's the other thing, too, Jared, with with bringing a lot of stuff with sentimental value, number one. If something bad were to happen, you might do something irrational to try to go back or get that back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a certain like I had set of a f- skills. <laughs> like I, I had a friend uh, who who was robbed in Vietnam, and uh, and I don't think she would have been robbed if she would have had um, just didn't have the same amount of stuff with her. Um, she you was know, like because mid like traveling while she got so she had like travel stuff with her. Her hands were full. Mm. Uh, she had two bags in her hands, and what they did, uh, this was, I believe, in Vietnam, what they did was they drove by on a scooter, s- cut the bag, cut the, the, the handle of whatever bag she had in her, uh, I think, her right Jeez, hand, that's, that's a and they grabbed sort it. of a dangerous move. you got to be pretty accurate with those cuts. I mean, I guess they're yep. not too concerned about potentially cutting the victim, but uh, they've also probably done it a thousand times, so... <laughs> I mean that, yeah, that, that, yeah, but that's a tough one too when you're traveling. And I'm, what, did she live there for any like an extended period of time or something? No, 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 no. It was a short trip. Oh, okay, so yeah, no, that so it could have been could have been avoided, is, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, that's true. Certainly, traveling light is key. Honestly, mm-hmm. that's actually you know I mentioned recently that uh, I'm a fan of like duffel bags and stuff, and um, because of their when you're traveling, they're very easy to stuff into places but if you're going to be traveling and holding travel gear out in public that might be a point for the rollers first of all a lot harder to steal a lot easier to run with (laughs) they're not slowing you down as much um but they do maybe attract a little bit more attention not that duffel bags don't attract attention though because it's not often that you see people just walking around with duffel bags down the street either right well it's also different though too because with a duffel bag you could hold it in a way where it would be more difficult to take, whereas you know if you have a how would well, they take the roller? Not. You never mind. You can't. No, you're right. It's you're pretty right. strong. Like the the pulley thing is pretty strongly connected to the uh, right. They'd have suitcase. to break that. Yeah, and, and yeah, that's you're, you're that right. would take some right. doing. Like what are they if they unless they come with some sort of little saw, you know, and just like. Sees, sees. <laughs> I mean, it w- I wouldn't put it past some some people out there. I mean, but uh, you know, so I would actually say that might be a point in the roller bag if you're forced to be carrying travel gear in a conspicuous fashion. Un- inconspicuous mm-hmm. fashion, I mean, that's the word I'm looking for. W- inconspicuous means obvious. In, in uh, no, conspicuous is obvious. Yeah, in yeah, a conspicuous fashion. Fashion. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got, Chad. Those are my. Those are that's my. That's what I'm concerned about when it comes to travel. I, I gave okay. you everything I'm concerned about. Well, let me let me give a couple other other tips here. So, uh, when possible, try to know or get to know your surroundings, uh, because that can help a lot. Like if you are in any type of situation where you might be worried or stressed, actually having an idea of where you are and where you need to go can really help you out. Yes, for sure. Uh, here's one that I just thought of. A couple mm-hmm. places I've been to, this was key. Uh, know the status of the water, tap water. Yes, yes. Um, that's a big That's a big one. We Very all, good, Jerry. And ev- anyone that's traveled at least a little bit knows at least one person that's found themselves in a terrible bathroom situation because they got careless 
and found themselves drinking a glass of water. Or, uh, yeah, you know, it's not that difficult to do, especially their toothpaste or whatever. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's a really good one. I would say to add on to that one, Jared would also be. Uh, be careful with food, depending on where you're going. I mean, your your stomach may not be accustomed to the herbs and spices, sometimes even the bacteria. I know it sounds gross, but it's true. When, some of the bacteria mm-hmm. they find on some of the street foods and stuff. When I was in Tanzania, they had this banana, quote-unquote, beer that they would drink. And we had like a – like he's not he wasn't a tour guide. He was like a dry – oh, no, this was – there was not – he wasn't a tour guide. It was someone that's like showed us around – Mm-hmm. Um, like this lo- little small village we were in, like sort of the you know the downtown area or whatever, and uh, we went into this little bar, and uh, the 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 guy made it expressly clear you do not like they'll offer you this, and you'll see them drinking and having a good time. Do not drink that. <laughs> He's like that will destroy your stomachs, and you'll be on the toilet for the next couple days if you eat, like if you drink that. And it looked like a potion like like it like it was a little bubbly at like it wasn't like a like a like a consistent bubble like like a beer like we know it here in the united states it looked like something that would f up your stomach to be honest with you um and so that was certainly one when my mom was in uh my mom has spent a lot of uh time in china when she, uh, previous jobs that she had and i remember her saying that they cert- they had people that would um like when they would be going around town or whatever with people that they worked with from China, there would be certain people that would just go around like pointing at at certain outdoor eating establishments or restaurants like you can eat there, don't eat there, don't eat there. That one's fine. But but that goes back to one of your earlier points that you mentioned is no is uh, like knowing locals because it's not mm-hmm. even it wasn't even that quote unquote street food was bad just as a blanket term. It was more just like no the vendors you're going you you got to know the vendors you're going to so it's right. it's not that we're telling you don't eat street food it's just like we'd recommend like wait listen we know this is reputable and we recommend yeah. that you don't eat there right well the other thing too jared and i'm having flashbacks now from my time in china there were a lot of days and nights where i would walk and walk and walk and look at places and not be sure should i eat here should i not mm-hmm. you know what's going to happen if i eat here um and The best rule of thumb, if you don't have those types of guides or people locals to really tell you, is a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times if the places are more crowded, generally speaking, at least in China, that's kind of a good rule of thumb. If there's nobody eating there during a time when people should be eating there, if the locals don't trust it, you better believe that your foreign ass should not be eating (laughs) any of this. Um, when I yeah. when I was in Tanzania as well, I just thought about this. We 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 started in Dar es Salaam, which is the capital city. I believe it's the capital city. If it's not, it's a major city. And we drove to Mbaya, which is this you know tiny village that was hours and hours away. It took like all day to get there. And we stopped at this uh, city, you know, this little village out in the middle of nowhere. And they had this local restaurant. And my personal rule of thumb, I don't know what the rule was that there, the, the, the driver made it clear that the food was fine and you can eat whatever you want. My, listen, we had, this was about probably less than halfway through the journey in this van through, the, through essentially the middle of nowhere. So I was hyper aware of my bowel situation because uh, I saw a couple of the bathroom options on that trip and I was not, that was not happening. <laughs> and so my personal rule that I gave myself was that 
I would be, I thought I would be safe, and I was safe, by the way. Nothing bad happened. I, I, I figured I would be safe if I avoided the meat. So I had rice. I had, you know, the vegetables that they had, but I avoided the meat, and it worked for me. So, listen, I, there's no real science behind that, but if you have to eat something, I would say the meat might be the last resort. Yeah, I agree the with most you. Well, nothing, well, nothing can go wrong with rice. There's no way rice can be messed up unless, I don't know, they sneezed in it a bunch of times. And vegetables, right. I mean, the vegetables are honestly pe- better than the vegetables we have in the U.S. because they're probably just grown out, out there. So, uh, Right. <laughs> vegetables, it depends on the country, though, Jared, because I do know in China, you sometimes have to be careful with fruits and veggies because they can put other... Like I've heard stories of like some places nowhere where I went, but I've heard stories of places that will like spray paint the fruits or mm. vegetables to make them look more tasty. See, see but I feel like I, I, I hear you. I could definitely imagine that. They honestly they do that in the U.S. too. I've heard that yeah. they do that in the U.S. with a lot of foods. Um, the 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 thing that would not make me concerned about that where I was is it was so remote. Where it's like, what, what? I don't even see the benefit of doing that. You know, like who is right, that for? Right. Uh, so, right. but uh, but that definitely is something that ha- uh, that happens in the U.S. too, where they where they certainly have ways of artificially like pumping up the color uh, of fruits and vegetables um, to to more sort of aggressive hues than you'd get if you just grew them naturally. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I think what might be kind of fun for today's episode, Jared, since we've talked about a lot of these, if we could maybe kind of recap today by coming up with like the untranslatable checklist for safe travel. Mm. Um, I think that could be a fun way to end today's episode. So I'll start us off. One of the first things on my checklist, Jared, when possible, um, for safe travel is to travel light, as you mentioned, because the the less things you have to bog you down, um, you can get yourself just out of certain situations if you need to by traveling light. So that would be like the first thing on my checklist would be bring the bare necessities. Don't be, you know, don't overpack travel light. If you can carry everything on your own, that's also ideal. Like when you have to be uh, depending on someone else to help you carry stuff, that can also put you in positions where it might be uncomfortable or unsafe. So that's my first one. I have my next one is I guess it's one and a half. I will say, do your research and mm-hmm. have a plan. Definitely, that's my. Uh, next I would one. add to that with another tip on our untranslatable safe travel checklist would be. If possible, if you know any locals um, or or your fr- or a friend of a friend knows a local, like use your use your your network, use your friends, your family. Say, hey, I'm going on this trip to this place. Do I know anybody who lives there? Do I have a friend of a friend? Because that can be a much safer way to um, see places. Then you can get some really good local recommendations as well. I mean, there's so many benefits to knowing someone there. Mm-hmm. Oh, is, is it my turn now? It is. Yeah. Um, I'll say, um, hmm, that's another one. Let me, hold on. Let me go back to my list. Now I got to think about it. Oh, um, uh, well, I kind of already did that. I was going to say, well, I'll do it. I'll do a different one. I'll do a different one. Uh, don't get wasted. That's my rule. Yep. Or, or if you do get wasted, make sure you're in company of, yeah, trustworthy people. Uh, nothing wrong with enjoying some of the the beverages of what place you visit, but but definitely be careful. I would also say, Jared, um, to be honest with you, 
I just wouldn't risk if, if you're into doing drugs and if that's your thing, I would not recommend ever doing that when you travel. <laughs> Listen, Chad, um, us saying do or don't do drugs is not going to stop or or true. Someone's not going to be true. like, oh, maybe that is a bad maybe that is a bad idea. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> if they were going to they had plans on doing drugs in a foreign country, your little PSA is not going to stop them. That's a good point. But, uh, <laughs> but I feel like that's that can be. Um, you know, some of the probably the most sketchiest situations. I oh, would think, yeah. You oh, know? yeah. I mean, um, we've talked about just a, a, a slight handful of the sketchy people that just have walked up to us on the streets offering us all variety of drugs. <laughs> exactly. And it's just exactly. like, just keep it moving is always, is always, if, yeah, if like, I, I don't know, just the idea of trusting a drug dealer that just meets, even if you are, if you do want to buy, want to partake in drugs. The idea of meeting a drug dealer that just approaches you on the street in a in like Prague or Berlin or like some you know bustling city that's not the drug dealer you want to go with even if you actually do have like serious intentions of buying these drugs so I think that is my recommendation I'm not telling you to buy drugs or not to buy drugs but I'm saying if you're going to it's you're you're never trusting the random stranger that walks up to you on the street just like soliciting it is never going to be the best choice for you that's oh for sure 100 for sure meet locals that's a better way to do it and like so organically <laughs> my my last travel safety tip and i do mean last jared wow, before you okay. get on my case here my last one is know how you are perceived in the con- in the culture which you are traveling in what i mean by mm. this is if you are um going to talk to all my all my white boys here if you're if you're a white boy walking around in certain areas in up, uh, southeast asia in south america they might just assume you're that rich wealthy white person mm-hmm. um so be very careful um you know also though if you're if you're black you know the way people could perceive you could also be different yeah, so, so be, be careful when traveling be to cautious. the united states <laughs> <laughs> right. No kidding. No kidding. Um, but yeah, I just think it's really important to have a solid understanding of the way locals and people in that culture view you. Because For sure. that can that can really you help could, you figure out how to navigate and move in that country. You could certainly find yourself in the middle of some sort of like cultural hatred that you had no realize you didn't realize you had part of you, you had pardon and you're like oh i didn't realize like i, I didn't yeah for sure definitely honestly dude that is kind of why i'm nervous to visit some asian countries is because I, I already know how much of a spectacle the white like white people are i i i would be so angry at just like strangers walking up to me taking pictures with me trying to touch my hair and stuff like that it would make it would ruin a trip for me Sure. And so yeah. that's certainly something that kind of turns me off about that is just constantly hearing about how much foreigners are stared at and sort of looked at as like characters or whatever. Right. Well, Jared, one tip for you, though, is if you go to a country where they have a lot of international tourists, you're not going to be like, for example, in Bali, I saw a lot of black people in Bali and it didn't really seem like the Indonesians. You know what I mean? It wasn't mm-hmm. like wasn't like when I saw black people in China. Now, granted, when I saw black people in China, when I saw black people in Beijing, no one really bagged an eye. But the couple of times I saw black people in Jinan, especially out where I lived, which was more in the sticks. Holy shit, man. You yeah. should have just seen the amount of people just stopping and turning. And, and they, <laughs> they are like, not very good. Did you make a point? Making it. 
nonchalant. Did you make a point not to even pay attention to him just because you thought you might be doing him a favor? That's what I feel like. No, I feel like, I feel like I'd be doing was, you a Jared, favor. I'm the, the only Westerner here that could even relate to you, but I'm doing you a favor by completely ignoring you. <laughs> no, the funny thing is, Jared, is we would always give each other, regardless if it was a guy or a, or a girl, a we would kind of give each other the head nod. Like, <laughs> like okay, I see you other you, foreigner you got a here in China. Of what it, you've got a little bit of what it feels like to be black in America. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Giving out the... I guess just so. the universal... Because, uh, you know, black people for definitely give out random head nods to each other. I've given uh, many a head nod to a random black, especially in a situation where you're sur- like fully surrounded by, by white people, like at an office or something. I certainly... In my last job, there were not a lot of black people. I would certainly, one of the guys, I never talked to this guy, but every time we'd be like, how you doing? Or like, uh, give him a nod. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really awesome. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, those, those are our uh, safety tips for today. All right. Um, you feel satisfied, yeah, Chad? This, you got, you thought you got through all of the safety tips that really are pressing in your mind. I mean, we could probably do a part two at some oh, point later, but but, but the most important ones, yeah. I mean, All right. absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, so let us know, though, if you have any other travel safety tips, you can hit us up at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram and YouTube, Untranslatable Podcast, and also on Twitter, Untranslatable1, the number one. It, excuse me. And please, five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Let us know how we can make this podcast better for you. So as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, Dequiame, muchas gracias, Shisha, and Osvidania. I will say though, Jared, we've both been lucky where we haven't been in any super terrible travel predicaments. But I think some of that is because you and I, uh, it's not like we're rookie travelers. You know, we've been to some different countries. We kind of know, at least I'm always a little bit on guard when I travel. And uh, I didn't mention this during the episode. Maybe I should have. But in certain, certain places, like especially big cities, I try to walk around with a scowl on my face. Mm. And you know me. You know I'm a pretty smiley, positive guy. So it's not easy to walk around with like a like a, I'm gonna punch you in the face if you talk to me kind of look. I don't know if I I don't know if I've gotten that look down, but I've certainly gotten the. I mean, just because it's true, I've gotten the I don't want to talk to you look down on my face. Like I'm very good at not making eye contact with people, almost pretending they're <laughs> they don't exist. These are all talents I, I feel like I already possess. So that is something that I certainly, I think, use up, like use to an extra degree when I'm, when I'm in those heightened situations, for sure. You know when I use that face the most, now thinking back? What's that? Was walking home a lot of times from the bars mm-hmm. in the Czech Republic when it was late, just because, like, especially in Komutov, there were a lot of drunk people, and you just, you drunk people are unpredictable. You don't know what they're going to do or what they're yeah. going to try. And so that was when I would quicken my pace, yes. eyes forward, and if they would make eye contact, you give them a look like. Walking with purpose is key because to me, that, you're the king of walking with purpose. To me, but, but I'm talking about when you're walking late at night home from a bar. Because I, I think, mm-hmm. to me, I'm always like, if I walk with purpose, then I won't look like I'm drunk. Like, you right. know, even if I am drunk, it's like, if I, the more, I, with, quote unquote, with purpose I walk, the less stumbly I get, you know? Almost like, almost right. like if I were to walk, if I were to be hammered and I'm walking, I would just be all over the place. But the more I start to jog and then run, it's just like... <laughs> 
So it's certainly move with purpose is is what I'm saying. So that that's there's another tip right there. There's the last one. <laughs> there we go. But yeah, sure. no, that that's something that I that I I employ even when I'm not traveling. Just when I I don't like being talked to all the time. 